Noah, do that thing. Of gentle spirit. They shall have the earth for their possession. How blessed are those who hunger and thirst to see right prevail. They shall be satisfied. How blessed are those whose hearts are pure. They shall see God. Quiet, Mum. Well, how do you think? Let's go to stoning. You can go to stoning any time. Oh, come on, Brian. Will you be quiet? Don't pick your nose. I wasn't picking my nose, I was scratching. You were picking it while you were talking to that lady. I wasn't. Leave it alone, give it a rest. Do you mind? I can't hear a word he's saying. Don't you do you mind me? I was talking to my husband. Well, go and talk to him somewhere else. I can't hear a bloody thing. Don't you swear on my wife. I was only asking her to shut up so he can hear what he's saying, Big Nose. Don't you call my husband Big Nose. Well, he has got a Big Nose. Could you be quiet, please? What was that? I don't know. I was too busy talking to Big Nose. I think it was blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> What's so special about the cheesemakers? Well, obviously, it's not meant to be taken literally. It refers to any manufacturers of dairy products. You hear that? Blessed or the Greek. Be Greek. Mm. Well, apparently, he's going to inherit the earth. Did anyone catch his name? You're not going to thump anybody. I'll thump him if he calls me Big Nose again. Oh, shut up, Big Nose. Oh, what? I warned you. I really will slug you, sir. Oh, it's the meek. Blessed are the meek. Oh, that's nice, in it? I'm glad they're getting something because they have a hell of a time. Listen, I'm only telling the truth. You have got a very big nose. Hey. Your nose going to be three foot wide across your face by the time I finish with you. Well, blessed is just about everyone with a vested interest in the status quo in Baldock and Yeah, well, what Jesus blatantly fails to appreciate is it's the meek who are the problem. Yes, yes, absolutely right. Oh, can you tell that it's my last week? <laughs> you can cheer if you like. Yeah, historically accurate, of course. Um, You'll, you'll find that um, you'll find that scene uh, portrayed in the in the MPV. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Speak up, big nose. Thank you. It's true. He has got a big nose. Blessed are the Greek. <laughs> I love. Um, what he fails to understand is that it's the meek who are the problem. Uh, here we go. Um, look, we, we are still in this scene, the Sermon on the Mount, we're up to blessed are the meek. We are still really early in, in Jesus' ministry. In, in the, the chapters that have preceded this, we've seen that Jesus was baptised. We saw that he was tempted. We've seen the, the, the appointing of the disciples. And they've been travelling all throughout Galilee and preaching the good news of the kingdom and if, if you see and read what's going on there, there has been healing, healing, healing. Everywhere that the good news of the kingdom has been preached, then healing is, is coming alongside the preaching of the kingdom. And so just a really quick note about healing. Healing goes together with the presence of the kingdom. You'd remember from the season, the, the series that we did before Christmas, that, that all, all mission including Jesus' mission, is the ministry of reconciliation. That is the mission of God, 
the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling relationships between things that are out of order in this fractured world, in this decaying world, with the, with the order of ultimate reality of the kingdom of God. So healing is reconciliation. Healing is reconciling our, our physical and our emotional brokenness with ultimate reality. Illness and disease, we know that these things have no eternal future. Is that good news? They have no eternal future. And so when the ultimate reality of the kingdom of God uh, presents itself on earth as it is in heaven then reconciling broken reality with ultimate reality is the natural and and reasonable consequence. And so it's to be totally expected that the presence of that ultimate order in the person of Jesus brings with it reconciliation, spiritual reconciliation, physical reconciliation, emotional, relational healing. So these are not just magic tricks to win people over. This is reconciliation with ultimate reality. What we can all be looking forward to it, uh, to, to to that reality. And so it is no wonder that these great crowds are following Jesus. And so he goes up on the mountain and he goes up on the mountain with the crowds, the prophet goes up the mountain, not, not like we saw with Moses going up on the, on the mountain to receive the law and then come back down and to deliver it to the people. Rather here, the people are with the prophet. And so it's together on the mountain that Jesus begins his, his paradigm-busting charter of the, of the new world order, when we, which we call the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth, the New Living Translation says. How blissful the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth, David Bentley Hart translates. God blesses those who are humble. The earth will belong to them, contemporary English. How blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Contemporary Jewish Bible. And so look out because here come the meek, the gentle, the humble, the lowly. And so this is world domination by the underdogs. They will inherit the whole earth. The land will belong to them. Well, that's nice, isn't it? I'm glad they're getting something. They've had a hell of a time. Everything you thought you knew about how the world works, about how you get ahead, about who ultimately wins, this is all turned completely on its head. It's not the powerful, it's not the wealthy, it's not, it's not the, the ones with political status, it's not the religious, it's not the good, it's not the smart. 
We, we know and it is said that, that history is written by the victor. Well, here is the, res the resistance narrative from below. The meek will inherit the earth. And so let's unpack this a little bit. So, so blessed, blessed, extremely happy is what this means. Blessed are the meek. And it's a strange word, isn't it? Like it's not one that, that we use a lot. And what I realise kind of working through this message today, it's one of those words that sounds weird when you use it too much. Blessed are the meek. Meek. The English word meek is, is, it simply means submissive. It means easily imposed upon. Quiet, unwilling to disagree, unwilling to fight or to strongly support their, their own personal ideas or their own opinions. Not violent. Somebody is meek is someone who won't speak up even when he or she is unfairly treated. Meekness is enduring injury with patience and without resentment. There's a challenge. Reminds me of Isaiah's suffering servant in, in Isaiah 53. Here's, here's verse 7. This is from the Septuagint. Um, so you, you, you might have um, recognised this if you've done, done any work around, around Bible translations that the Septuagint, and if the Septuagint is being quoted, it will usually have the LXX 70, the 70 translators. Uh, the evidence as such is that, is that this, this is what Jesus was using, the Septuagint, and of course he translated to English. Um, and so Isaiah writes this, Although he was ill-treated... He opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before his shearers, so he opens not his mouth. And so, of course, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus, enduring injury with patience and without resentment. And so this, it seems, is the core idea of what it means to be meek. To be meek is not taking justice into our hands. It is not seeking revenge, not seeking compensation, not seeking retaliation, no retribution, even though you could if you wanted to. The Greek word is praus or praus, and it, it, it simply means mild, gentle, humble, and so that's why we have these other translations. And it's fascinating that, that the root word means strength under control. And so this is how, how Greeks would describe a war horse. A war horse that is fit for service is praus, praus, something like that, praus. It's a horse that is trained for battle. You picture it. Strong, powerful, incredibly powerful, courageous, and yet disciplined, calm. I've also heard this word praus described as, as having a sword, knowing how to use it, and keeping it in its sheath. 
It assumes that you have power. It assumes that you're armed. It assumes that you have agency. You even have cause. But your weapon is sheathed. Think of Peter when he, when he lopped off the guard's ear at, at Jesus' arrest in, uh, in John 18. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. And so Jesus says to Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. And so Peter was admonished for not being meek. Jesus says, those who use the sword will die by the sword. And then Jesus reconciled the guard's ear with the rest of his head. Meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness, of self-protection, of self-justification. And it stems from trust in God's goodness, trust in his sovereignty over any situation. The gentle person, the meek person is not preoccupied with self-protection. They're not preoccupied with asserting their own rights, it seems. The meek do not pursue justice at their own hand. A few verses down, uh, still in Matthew 5, down in verse 38, and and Jesus is unpacking um, this principle even further. He says this. He says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And so this is meekness. Turn the other cheek. Walk the extra mile. Give your cloak as well. Keep your sword sheathed. This is power under control and it is utterly non-violent. Has no regard for self-interest, no regard for self-protection. Now, meekness is not the same as being timid. Think about the horse. In fact, a timid spirit it is quite contrary, is quite opposite to a meek spirit. The quietness that accompanies meekness is the result of deep trust, of unshakable confidence and faith. It is unflinching in the face of danger, in the face of opposition or resistance. Timidity, on the other hand, is the lack of trust. It's the lack of confidence. Meekness, as Isaiah alluded to uh, in, in Isaiah 53, it, it is the very character of Christ. He's inviting us to resemble something that is true of him. Jesus says, come to me all who labour and who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, praus, I am meek. And lowly in heart, 
you will find rest for your souls. And so Jesus, our master, the one, the one whose yoke, the one whose example that we would take on, the one into his, whose image we are being surely transformed, Jesus, the one who is the exact image and likeness of the Father, is meek. God is meek. His sword is sheathed. His power is under control. Learn from him. Just hours after the ear thing, Jesus is standing before Pilate. Do you remember? And he's on trial and Pilate asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? And when Jesus finally gets around to answering that question, he says... My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of the sword. That's this kingdom. That's this world order. And as soon as we unsheath the sword, no matter how justifiable we think that might be, we are functioning counter to the character of God. Counter to the character of Father, Son and Spirit. Contrary to the order of his kingdom. God help us. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who refuse to seek retribution, who refuse to exert control, they shall inherit. Future tense. They shall inherit. They shall obtain. They shall own through inheritance uh, as, as an irrevocable legal right as a son or a daughter through birthright or through adoption. They shall inherit. Now, to inherit something as a family member means that there must be some some proof of relation. There's got to be some family resemblance. And so this is what it means to to be made in the image of God or to be transformed into the image of God, that there would be a family resemblance, that there would be shared DNA with our dad, with our brother. And so this beatitude, it calls out the character trait, it calls out this disposition of meekness as the necessary evidence of being children of the king and therefore entitled to inheritance. And so remember, this is a future promise. And so while we, while we by his grace, we point ourselves as living examples of his character, Right now, the fullness of this, along with this inheritance, is a future promise. We will be conformed to the character of Christ. And this is a promise that by his spirit that we can reflect and we can move in the direction of now, albeit desperately, imperfectly. What we are living signposts of meekness, of the character of God. 
And so that's how you know that you're in the family because you're carrying the DNA as children of God. Meekness, depending on him, depending on our father as our true provider, as our true defender, rather than placing our confidence in ourselves or in our status or in our power or in our resources. You'll remember this story too, the story of the rich young ruler in Luke 18. The story goes, uh, a ruler asked him, asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life, life in the age? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Whole other sermon. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. And he said, all of these I've kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. When he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And so in other words, you, you've done a great job at keeping the letter of the law under your own steam. But in this way, you don't resemble your father. And so you're not eligible for inheritance for this eternal life. So go and empty yourself. Give to the poor, and we know that that's a theme. Give up your own self-sufficiency and follow me. Depend on me, not on your own resources and agency and power and status, follow me, become meek and lowly of heart. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth, the gay earth, soil, land, the territory within the borders. It is literally where you stand, where your feet are are this place, the earth, the place that you were originally charged to care for, not heaven. This earth, redeemed and reconciled with the kingdom order, united with heaven, this is the destiny for those who resemble the king, for those who place their trust in him, those who don't attack those who don't retaliate, those who don't take matters into their own hands, those who are not violent, these are the ones who by inheritance will obtain this very earth. Not the religious, not the well-armed, not the financially powerful, not the morally superior, but the meek. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. It is a new world order indeed. We're going to move into a time of 
communion together and the band might like to come up. Uh, communion is one of the ways that we, that we celebrate and that we look forward to this new kingdom order, to this kingdom come. And together we, we symbolise that we are united, we are united in flesh and blood to the one who is establishing that kingdom. We are united flesh and blood to the one who is meek, the one who is gentle, humble, lowly of heart. And so this morning as you take the cracker and as you take the juice this morning, as you take the body and as you take the blood into yourself, be mindful of who it is that you are oneing with. Because he is not of this world order. He does not play by these rules, by the rules of the sword. And ultimately, as members of his body, then neither can we. I'm going to read this psalm, Psalm 37. It's a psalm of David. And I'm going to ask that you would sit in this narrative of cultural resistance. Listen to what David is saying in this psalm. And then as you're ready, would you come and take communion. Where is it? Help me now. Can you find it? It's the last slide. If I was you, I wouldn't be able to read it anyway. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while the wicked will be no more. And though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Come forward as you're ready.